seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Live Radio Contact. Welcome to this week's Devil the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Pax and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join me the show this week. As ever, we have Paul Whiteside, right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you okay, mate? How's your week been, mate? Very good, very good. It's only Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing all right, mate. Thank you very much. I had a good weekend at um, Halifax and uh, yeah, enjoyed it. Enjoyed the game. Really excited for uh, for this Saturday as well. So uh, we're looking good. Four wins on the spin. You know, Ian Watson thinks it's three, but it's four. We had to correct him there, didn't we, the weekend? But, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm doing good. Thank you, mate. Yeah, it was a bit of a... Like, I'll listen to that in a minute. Um, a bit of a, a, a lover's sift there. It was like, four, no, three. And you're like... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, it's like any win against Leeds, you've got to count that. That should count as double, shouldn't it? So, uh, so yeah, but... Um, yeah, looking forward to this Saturday. It's going to be a tasty game against Toronto, and we're we're doing all right. Things are looking up, and uh, Jackson Aston's his influence. Great to see him on on the Super League show and talking talking the club up. And I think he's been responsible for this resurgence. Well, he's played a, a key part in it as well. Yeah. Also joining us, uh, fresh from his day out in Halifax, we've got Joe Burns, right, Joe? Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say fresh after Halifax on Sunday, but. It's good to be back and we'll talk things rugby league. Yeah, so it's going to be a great show this. We're going to look back at the victory against Halifax. We've got Daryl Olferts. We've got Ian Watson in coach's corner. We've got Paul Whiteside's amateur report. All the news coming out of the Salford Red Devils this week. And then we're going to preview the game against Toronto on Saturday. But before all that, we'll see what the news is coming out of Salford Red Devils this week. So, news coming out of Salford Devils this week. We're going to start with the Toronto tickets. If you buy them online before the game, Paul, you save £2. And hopefully a lot of people are doing that. Yeah, let's hope so, because as we said before, it was a great day at Halifax on, uh, on Sunday. Took a big following there, like maybe 800 to 1,000 supporters went there on, on Sunday. So it would be great to see them back on a Saturday afternoon at Salford against Toronto. We're not going to bring many supporters, are they being from overseas? So it'd be great that people get those tickets early and make a, a great atmosphere because the match on, on, on Saturday's got all the ingredients to be a really classic game, hasn't it? With the, the, the ex Salford player connection, the Gallifo Brian connection, Paul Rowley's tactics, and it just promises to be a, a great afternoon. So if you're thinking about going, get down there because you won't be disappointed. Yeah, a lot of people uh, turned up at Halifax, Joe. And you know, people are getting excited about a possible big crowd. We've got to kind of remember that Toronto won't bring any away fans, so it's important if you if you've got mates who are interested in Salford, you know, vaguely, you drag them down to watch the game. Yeah, get them down. I think for me, at this time, the club still need every penny they can get in getting your mates that don't really know anything about rugby league or want to go, but they won't go. Get them down because it's not going to be a big away following, like Paul said. So we need as much people to get in as we can and the £2 saving will save you some money yeah uh, so hopefully Paul big well we'll get a decent crowd ag- against Toronto you know the club have to, have to take responsibility hopefully be out in the next couple of days promoting it to the people outside our bubble I hope so Rob yeah it's something that's been missing the last few years and it's something we need to start doing towards the end of this season and for next season as well because at the moment you 
you're riding that bit of a bandwagon, aren't we? We're on a run, we've won four games on the spin, things are looking up. We've got some really exciting players that have come in. You know, like, like what I said, Jackson Aston's an NRL player, you've got him in your side, you want to go and watch him and take advantage of it while you can. And I think this is the time the club have got to buy into this and, and, and spread the name of the club and say, hey, come down and watch us, we're playing some fantastic rugby, we're winning matches as well. And they're exciting games, you know, we're fighting to stay up in Super League, so it's not like we're in the middle eights and there's nothing to play for, all the, the games are like meaningless. These are massive games out to, 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 to sort of pre- preserve our, our Super League status. So, yeah, it's, it's very important that we market these games. Yeah, I think the, the clubs obviously, you know, started the week well. They've got a, a re- Adam Whiteside doing the the MEN uh, report against Halifax. Logan uh, Tompkins uh, walking around uh, Charlton Water Park with his dog. Uh, people outside the bubble, Joe, uh, need to know that we've got a team here that worth watching. We've got us on the Sports Zone broadcasting uh, all around Salford, the city and all over the world as well on the internet. And it's important, like you say, the club continue to get outside the bubble. Yeah, uh, to get out of the bubble, we need to market the team and market the club right. We like Paul said, we got probably one of the best players in the Super League at the minute in Jackson Hastings, NRL standard player. And we need to use him right, use our marketing tools right, and get the name outside the rugby league bubble. Off, going off different Facebook groups, going into Salford football football groups, and promoting the game like it should be promoted in the city, getting more people in. Yeah, it's, it's going to be amazing. Hopefully, you know. Big publicity next couple of days and uh, hopefully a, a reasonably big crowd against Toronto. Uh, next up, uh, let's talk about Jackson Hastings. He was voted Player of the Month in the RL World magazine. A lot of people raving about Jackson Hastings for over the last few weeks and, uh, you know, fully deserves his uh, Player of the uh, Month award. Yeah, rightly so. Sort of player, isn't he? I mean, I know in the Leeds game we, he went off injured and we didn't see much of him, but that 20 minutes we did see it was, you know, a sparkling 20 minutes. And Hulkingston Rovers away, the Witness home game, and Halifax on Sunday, he looked really good. He's took that pressure off Robert Louis, but he, like I said, he's a box office player. He's Every time we had the ball on Sunday, we looked like we were capable of scoring. And, you know, like like Joe says, hey, you, you've got a market the side now with, with a player like that. He's, he's a marketing man's dream, isn't he, really? He's a, like I said, box office player. And, you know, just listening to him on the Super League show, he's exciting. People want to speak to him. He's like, he's all over Twitter. He's giving his boots away. He's giving shirts away. He's given the club such a big lift. And I think he's given the, the, the current squad confidence, hasn't he, in the self-belief that, that was needed. So uh, it'd be great if we could we could sign uh, Jackson up. But while he's there now, let's get behind him and, uh, you know, start, start building. Do you think this is a bit of a distraction, obviously, Joe? Because we've still not technically safe in, in even though we are in a very good position. Uh, and people kind of asking Jackson Aston about his future you think that might put him off his game in the few important weeks to come? I think it'll be at the back of his mind, but I think when push comes to shove with game time and leading up to games, he won't be thinking about it, he'll be focused on getting the win, performing and getting his teammates playing. I think that's the most important thing. We've seen that, especially on Sunday against Halifax, he was playing five or six levels above what he should be playing against. and He's there to prove a point to not just rugby league in the Northern Hemisphere, in the Southern Hemisphere as well. So he wants to go out there and make a point every week and I'm sure he'll do that every week for us. Yeah, I think it would be important, Paul, if, if we could sign him up for next year because everyone's, like you say, buzzing about it um, and now he's playing so far. And I think hit, sending out, that would send a message out to, to everybody in, in the rugby league that you know we are going places. But on the flip side of that, we need a club that's that's going to be functioning and you know you don't put all your eggs in one basket because obviously if he gets injured it's a massive sort of a sort of a slice of our salary cap I presume so you know you're going to hope that Ian Watson and and, and the board in charge and, and Ian Blaze are you know trying the best to, to get the best of both and have him tied down and also create a good squad. 
Definitely, and I think another thing that's really important is that the quicker we can sort of get our Super League survival sorted, the better. So if we could win our first five games in the qualifiers, then you're safe. Then you can start planning. You've got that extra time to start planning. What you don't want to do is end up in the million-pound game or leave it to the last minute, leave it to that seventh game to, to be guaranteed your place next year. The sooner you can get get guaranteed Super League survival, then you can start planning and recruiting for next season. So people are saying, oh, we can afford to lose this game, we can afford to lose that. It's a load of rubbish. We need to go and beat Toronto on, on Sunday, then beat Leeds the week after, <coughs> excuse me, then we should be safe. And I think that's that's an ideal thing then to, to be able to start bringing players in. Because if you look to last season, we left it so late, didn't we, for recruitment. I know we finished in the, the top four last season, but with the, the changeover and things like that, we, we got left behind, didn't we? And I think we missed the boat on certain signings and, no disrespect to the signings we made, but some of those signings weren't our first choice signings, were they? So I think you know the sooner we can get safe, the better. Yeah, Mark Flanagan, Joe was also uh, selected in the uh, the team of the week, uh, team of the month in the RL uh, Rugby League World magazine. You know his return to farm coincides with with Salford's uh, you know return to farm as well. Yeah, I think uh, Mark Flanagan is a pivotal part to how we play and. When he's been in and out of form, in and out of the side, we, we play completely different and we lose that link. And he finished the game on Sunday at half back, and I think the week before as well, he finished the game at half back as well. And he shows that he's used, he's, he can play in a number of different positions. He won a grand final at standoff. And he play, the way he plays rugby league is, is a, is a proper loose forward. He'll do the hard work, he can tackle, but he also can pass. And the way we play, we need a ball playing loose forward. And he puts everything together. He's, He's the key that turns everyone in the attack, and there's no re- no wonder he's not he's got in this team in the month because he's been outstanding since he's come back. Yeah, he's also dabbled in the world of, uh, of podcasting as well, Joe. You listen to uh, to it, you know. Tell us all about it. Yeah, it's with um, John Wilkin, and I've never really been a fan of John Wilkin, but since listening to him, he he's he's kind of changed my opinion. He, he doesn't have have he has an opinion, but he doesn't. What they talk about, they don't talk about rugby league, which is good, but it's a rugby league podcast. They turn rugby league into funny. They make it funny, and the presenter Will Perry is a it's a real good presenter, and it's just a good listen. It's nice to see the other side of rugby league and what the players like off the pitch and outside of the media and outside of the changing rooms. It, it's a really good listen, but not better than this though. Yeah, it's well, it's well worth tuning tuning in, uh, and hopefully, lots of soul fans will be on it already. Yeah, so there's a lot of good podcasts out there in the Rob. You know, um, I don't listen to all of them because I don't have a lot of time. But when I when I do, I, I enjoy them. And uh, the more the more things you can have on about rugby league, the more shows and, and Facebook groups and websites, you know, the better it spreads the, this great game we've got. Yeah, so you got the uh, the Super League pod. You know, it's about four hours long, but you know they go through every side and you know very very detailed as well, Joe. And you know that's the kind of thing you know that. People like us, you know, getting the microphone in your hand and, and talking about how much they love the club and how much they love the game, and you know that's what it's all about. Enjoying yourself. Yeah, that's what rugby league is. At the end of the day, it's for people, for working class people, to enjoy themselves. And all these podcasts, it gets fans, it gives fans a voice, and hopefully some clubs will listen to it. I know, I think a couple of Wakefield members or directors listen to some of them have been tweeting about it. So it gets gives the fans a voice, which is always good, and it gives the other aspects of rugby league where it's not the players, it's not the coaches, it's the fans, and it gets fans' opinions heard a lot of the time. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. We've got lots of uh, different podcasts all over the world. On you know, hopefully, it'll continue to grow and uh, it'll be get better and better. Paul. Yeah, certainly, like Joe says there, that you know, there's some fans at, at all the Super League clubs and all the other 
leagues as well. You know, really passionate people, and I think sometimes your supporters are, are the, like they're the lifeblood of the, of the game, aren't they? And there's a lot of a lot of knowledge in in supporters, isn't there? You know, people who've been going sort of fifty, sixty years, somebody of an older generation, and you can learn a lot from them as well. And I think that passion. They can feed off on your club as well, can it? And if, you, if your club starts listening, it's a voice to give to your club, isn't it? Because if your clubs listen to you, then you've got more chance of being successful. Yeah. So, uh, next bit of news. Supporters uh, focus group on the 11th of September, Joe, at 7pm. It kicks off in the museum. Um, you know, it's very good. The club are kind of like interacting with the fans and trying to get ideas. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. A lot of fans have been asking for this for a while now and... It's good that they're finally getting in and listening to the fans. I know Paul King's been a big pivotal part in that and getting the fans heard. And like Paul said, a lot of fans have a lot of opinions on the club and how to market the club. And we've got fans from different areas of business, different, even different sectors that want to create the a club and a market the club. So it's a good way to get players in and it's a good way to market the club as well. Yeah, they're obviously looking for people uh, to get involved in this, Paul. And they're asking, you know, why do you, would you want to be involved in in the in the uh, the focus group? And I think it's important. It's it's not about you know who you are. It's about what you can you can give to to the club to help them improve. Yeah, certainly. I mean, everybody's got their own idea, haven't they? And and good ideas as well. You hear things all the time, don't you, on the social media and, and the people you talk to at the ground. And I think the more people who get involved and to help the club grow for, grow and, and go forward is, is better for me. And I think that's a great idea. Also, you've got the supporters' trust as well, haven't you? So the more people you've got with ideas and who are helping the club out at this time of need, I think is a good thing. Yeah, it's going to be great. Obviously, get yourselves uh, involved in that. Uh, email uh, inquiries at sulfuredevils.net um, and answer the question, why would you want to be involved in the focus group? And they'll obviously pick a select group of people and uh, hopefully it'll all come out good and fresh ideas, new ideas and continue to move the club forward. Next up, uh, next bit of news. So, uh, Facebook Live uh, on Sky Sports uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, Jackson Hastings and Rob Lewis. Uh, taking your questions, that'll be very, very good. Yeah, it'll be nice to see what their relationship's like. Um, get your questions in, get to see what they're like as a pair, and you get to ask them questions on the Facebook Live that you might, you'll might, you never have another chance to ask them if it gets selected, and it's a good way what Sky do, and they get fans interacting with players, which is it's good for the game, and it gets both sides' opinions heard. Yeah, I think it's all about reaching out, obviously, outside the bubble. You know, people are going to be watching that Sky Sports uh, on the Facebook, on the Twitter. And if we're out there promoting the club, and they're out there promoting the club and having having a laugh and making it fun and entertaining, people might want to engage with the club and come down and watch. That's massive, Rob, for me. You know, getting the club out there and getting people to know it, learn about the club. Because we've said it loads of times on the podcast. There's a lot of people... In Salford, in, in Greater Manchester area, who don't know where we play, don't know who we are, perhaps have forgotten about us, because there's a lot going on, isn't there, sometimes? And I think the more you can get your name out there, the the, the better. And the characters we've got now in the side, you know, we've got some great characters, haven't we? Like Robert Louis, he's always got a smile on his When do you ever see Robert Louis without a smile on his face? Jackson Hastings, as we said before, is a box office player. Uh, so I think that's great. You've got two real good characters on there, and, you know... You know, kids watching that, they might be saying to their mum and dad, I want to go and see them, I want to go and watch Salford. So we've got a, a lovely stadium, lovely facility to play in, so the more we can get ourselves out there, the better. Yeah, and obviously with Facebook Lives, Joe, you know, you get to reach out to to, the, to, your, to your people. We tried one uh, last week. It, it was good, you know, I quite enjoyed the, the Facebook Live. I technically messed up because I turned the uh, the camera on, it switched uh, towards the last couple of minutes. But, you know, it was an experience which we learned from. Yeah, everyone learns from something. I know my opinion was heard, apparently, and... <laughs> What can I say? Um, yeah, but it's good. It's another way to interact with people and it gives other people an interaction that maybe not 
be able to listen to the podcast for one reason or another and they might have Facebook and they can see they can listen to our opinions and see us as well put a face to the name and it's a great way and I think it's it's the future yeah go easy on Joe next time if he starts talking about who he likes and who he doesn't like what do you think Paul uh, yeah yeah I don't seem to get any grief anyway but I think I think my my opinions are uh I'm not quite straight. I don't. Really, I'm not really controversial, but but no, I enjoy, I watched it last week, and I, I just when I come back from the Lance Todd dinner, and I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed listening to it, and uh, it went on for about twenty minutes, did it? At the end, but it was it was good. It was good. And uh, you're not going to agree with everybody. Are you? You're always going to have somebody who's going to disagree. But that's what it's all about opinion, opinions and. You know, I'm sure there'll be a, a lot more to us at the end of the season, won't there? Yeah, we had we had fun, Joe. We just ran out. We just ran lost track of time, really. That was that was it. I thought I said to you, we'll do it. It'll be out ten minutes, and then looked at the clock, and it was like twenty five minutes. I was like, we better get off. Yeah, we just started. We we're just having a chat with a camera in front of us, like we would in the stand. It was it was quite interesting actually. And I've at times I forgot we we're even on live, and I just thought I was talking to like a mate, like we normally do out off the camera and. Opinions are heard. Everyone's entitled to a wrong opinion, anyway. Yeah, it was good. It was great, and hopefully more. Like you say, more to come. More Facebook lives. More interaction. The better. Uh, next bit of news: Salford Devils Foundation. Um, they're on the training camp. Uh, the I think it's the under is it sixteens in Prestatin, Paul. Um, that's uh, I think that's really good. They take the kids away uh, for an intense camp to you know give them better rugby league training. Famous jam butty camp, isn't it? That's what they call it, don't they? I think they've been going on for years, haven't they? And uh, yeah, yeah, great. I believe Steve McCormick has gone, hasn't he, uh, to, to that? So uh, sorry, he's, he's on Facebook today. So that that's great for the, the young kids, you know, going doing the train there, running on the beaches and up the sand dunes and all. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Great for the uh, for the, for the young youngsters there, and you know, bonding the team spirit as well. So uh, their season starts soon as well, doesn't the uh, the foundation team? I think it's next Wednesday. Uh, the fixtures were on. I think. the was it next Wednesday or the Wednesday after? They've not the fixtures aren't out, but I've I've read the um, the league placings out in the in the amateur report, so that's all coming to starting back soon as well. So we've got some exciting times to come. Yeah, obviously because we haven't got a, a sort of an academy yet, Joe. You know, opportunities like this for the kids coming through, you know, kind of gives them a bond to the club that you know they go away and and they, they train hard, and you know, a couple of years down the line, you know, when we get this academy back, hopefully, you know, it gives them a, a pathway uh, back to uh, the first team. Yeah, it gives it gives the players a massive respect for the club that they'll they'll put money out and they'll take them away for a weekend or five days, whatever it is, and it shows that the club are investing in them, and that goes a long way with a young player that they'll think, oh, Salford want want this for me. They're putting me for extra training, and apparently that every team in the Super League is going to have to have an academy next year. Or eleven out of the twelve Super League clubs have said they want an academy next year. I think it's only Leeds that have said no to it. So. Hopefully we can get one, and I know the first team go away every year. I think one year they went to South Africa, and I think they go to Scotland now every year. So, so it, it's good, and it's all, only can improve the players, and it gets it gets them a bit tougher than sand dunes from experience. Yeah, they went to Jacksonville once, but we don't want to talk about that. The obviously we talk about that. the obviously you know going away, you know helping your pre-season, Paul. This one's it was suppose it's like warm weather training in in Wales in this time of year. You know, it gives it gives them a full a full day at it, and that, and that's what you want, you know, to help develop the uh, the players. Yeah, like we said before, it's great for for, for team bonding, isn't it? You know, making friends there. And that's what it's all about at that stage. It's about learning the game, learning the skills of the game, and the more time you spend playing rugby league, the more you're going to learn, aren't you? And you know, their their season's just around the corner now, and 
yeah, like Joe says, I think if you spend a bit of time investing those young players, they're going to have a, a have a loyalty to the club, aren't they? I mean, a prime example of that who, who I've used a few times in higher levels. How long's he been at Salford for? Now he's about fifteen, so you know he's got a loyalty now. I would say to our to our club, and um, if you can breed that in these these kids from a young age provide that player pathway for him under 16s under 17s and to the under 19s that's the, the way to go forward and then hopefully maybe a reserves team as well um, so I think the, the future's bright isn't it in, in that stage we've just got to keep you know working hard and, and, and putting those things back together that were disbanded a few years ago yeah well the, the training camps as well you learn a lot of things about yourself as a player and you also learn a lot about your teammates as well it's, it's a it's a big learning curve. You see some things, and it, it improves you as a player and a person as well. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be amazing. We'll come back, you know, fit and stronger and ready for a, a big season uh, this season. Um, finally, uh, let's talk about this sponsored walk. Paul, every week you try and convince me to, to do it. But I've got destinations where they're going to walk past now. Uh, they're going to walk past Salford City FC. They're going to go past Salford Uni, Oddsall Hall. Salford Precinct, Salford Lads Club, Salford Keys, and the Willows. So there's your. There, I don't know. I suppose there the destinations are going to walk past. Fifteen miles. Um, my legs have gone. Joe was Joe was toying with the idea. We were talking off camera, off uh, microphone, and Joe was like, "You know what? I could I could do fifteen miles." I think he was about driving it, wasn't he? <laughs> driving the fifty. I don't know whether I could do fifteen miles. It might take me about fifteen days to do it. But uh, yeah, it's a long way that when you think about it. Fifteen miles. Well, I suppose it will be because you, you're going around in a bit of a circle, really, aren't you? So yeah, and up and down and that. So, uh, but yeah, it's 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 for a, a good cause, isn't it, Rob? So I uh, hope people buy into it. Do we know how we get involved or? Yeah, there's a link on the DH Salford Red Devils uh, Facebook page. Uh, follow the link and, and sign up there. Um, obviously, walk, this walk quite be, could be quite historic, really, because they go in on Salford Keys, where uh, Salford's uh, first ground was. Then they go to the Willows, um, and then they end up at uh, end up at the Barton Stadium. So, uh, yeah, I think it's really that might be something that they could be incorporating, maybe. What's the DH Salford? Is that the Diehard Salford Red yeah. Devils? All oh, right, okay. Yep, seeing that very good page that on on the Facebook and that. And so yeah, yeah, get involved if you can. Yeah, and also Salford's uh, Anorex page is fantastic too, as as well, Joe. Yeah, really good page. I follow that, and it is actually quite good. You get to see a lot of history and you learn a lot of things. Yeah. So that's all the news coming out of Salford Red Devils uh, this week. Next up on the Devil in Detail, we're going to look back at the victory against Halifax on Sunday. So, so for the Devils were victorious against Halifax, 62 points to four. Paul, we wanted a professional performance, and that is what we got. We certainly did, yeah. I mean, Halifax started the game really brightly. You know, Colin Dixon's grandson, Chester Butler, an excellent player, I thought, and uh, he caused us some problems. They had some pace out wide as well with the, the man of the match for Halifax was Kieran Moss, and he, he looked a, a decent player, and they did. I felt a bit sorry for them, really, because I didn't think they were 62 points worse off than us. I think we just got onto a roll there, and they got tired, and with the class we had, we had sort of show but that first half they were well in the game until sort of the last 15 to 20 minutes when we got a burst of tries and one thing I can say about us on, on Sundays we seem to take our chances we blew a couple of chances but most of the chances we had we were clinical and we took them and, and punished Halifax really Yeah, obviously we talked about this last week being professional uh, Joe and you know we were you know they scored early but we hit back and it was important that we did that yeah, it shows resilience in the team and the players and I think for me that it shows what the team's about and the the commitment the players have to the team and each other. 
the first 15, 20 minutes, Halifax came out and they had a game plan and they stuck to that game plan and we certainly changed it, changed our game plan a little bit to get a couple of back-to-back tries earlier on in the first half and it's, you'll hear from Watson later that we stuck to a game plan and it works and that's what we've not seen this year. We're sticking to game plans, we're sticking to patterns and I know we lost Ben Nakamuai earlier on in the first half and after his try, I think he went off. But that didn't phase us where it has in the passing season, so it was an all right professional performance from that's all we can ask for. Yeah, lots of try scorers, Paul, lots of lots of tries. Hat trick from Daryl uh, Olferts uh, as well. You know, the tries, I suppose, didn't need scoring, but he has to be there, doesn't he, to finish him off? Yeah, he certainly does. Yeah, it, it was. It was a, not a Chamberlain's best kicking performance. He missed quite a few kicks, didn't he, at the, the weekend, but. Uh, Going forward again, Ed Chamberlain looked really good. He's been a great signing for us, I think, a pivotal time in the season when we needed that injection of pace. I think he's done really well. It was great to see so many different people getting on the, the score sheet as well. Ben Nakabuai stretching out. He's a, he's a tall lad in there, Ben, with a big reach, and that was that was good. I was desperate for Daniel Murray to score in that second half. He was doing everything to get over the line because I believe he's not scored this season and they have to do a naked run, I believe, if they don't score. So... I think that was was that was Lama's first try of the season because he had a massive smile on his face when he scored. So hopefully Daniel Murray can uh, can get over. There's a bit of a laugh with him on Twitter actually. Uh, my dad said on the way home he'll score the winning try at Edinley, so uh, so he'll be all right. We won't have to worry about that. But yeah, it was a great professional performance. And just going back to Halifax, I mean they've had a really good season, haven't they, in the in the championship and. Uh, some good players. I mean, Scott Merrill, the standoff. I've got a lot of time for some of the players there. That, you know, some you know really wily old player. He's been all over the show, and I think we just showed him up, didn't we? In the end, but you know, they 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 can still give a lot to this uh, this this qualifiers. I think they'll I think they'll pick some. I hope they do because they're a good club. I hope they pick a win up. It'd be nice if they beat Leeds in a few weeks. Yeah, talking about Hatrick heroes. We spoke to Daryl Olfurts after the game, and this is what he had to say. Right, delighted to have been joined by Darrell Holfords. Hat-trick today, mate. Yeah, good mate. performance. You must have enjoyed that. Yeah, mate, it was a good game of rugby. Um, I thought we dominated throughout all the boys, but all the hard work and everything we've uh, done through the week we've put on the field and glad to be three out of three. You've been a Yorkshire lad as well, coming back to Yorkshire, scoring three tries. It doesn't get any better than that. Have you got some of your family here watching you today as well? Yeah, yeah, I've got my family here that come to every game and it's good just to get my first Super League, Super League hat-trick and get a few more tries. How much are you enjoying these qualifiers? There seems to be a lot of confidence flowing through the side now. Competition for places, you're keeping Jake Bibby out of the side and Greg Johnson's there as well. You've got to play well every week now to keep your place, haven't you? Yeah, every, same with everyone though. Everyone's got to play well every week to keep your shirt. And, um, and uh, hopefully I keep doing that and um, I get, keep on getting picked because I'm um, loving getting the experience and the game timing. Yeah, definitely. You've got Toronto next week now in your next qualifiers game. Is it a case of taking each game as it comes down, just one game at a time? You can't really look too far ahead, can you, oh, in this yeah, stage of the season? Def- definitely one game at a time, and this one will be a big game. Uh, we're a good side, plenty of plenty of big players, plenty of big players and big names at that club, so uh, it'll be a good one. And uh, that's what's happening. So I'll get down. How many tricks have you scored in your career now? Oh God, I can't, I can't, I can't tell you. Have you scored loads? Is that, is no, that I can't many? Tell you, mate, probably oh, a few. Nice one. Nice but, none, but none at this level, so it's good to get one. No, certainly was. Well, well, well done to, to, today. And I shall see you next Saturday, mate. So that was Daryl Olfurt's talking to us after his hat trick performance. Joe, last week you, you you did kind of call him out a little bit, but three try against Halifax, you know that's a that's a good good sign for me. Yeah, he must have listened. Um, yeah, they needed finishing. Don't get me wrong, second was a really good push on the inside and Hastings, and the third one was a good 
attacking move and his first way he did, did have to beat Ben Eaton and Ben Eaton's no slouch when it comes to defending the championship so he proved that he is at the championship level and he can score against championship team to me his next stage he's learning a bit more squaring up in defence and scoring in Super League more often and diving in the corners and not stepping back inside but he's improved and he'll get hopefully he can prove me wrong further yeah, his first season in Super League, um, he's got pace to burn and he's, he's quite strong as well. And yeah, he's 26, but I'm still, wingers go on, don't they, for, for you know, for years, I think, Paul. And, you know, him on one wing, you know, you've got Jake Bibby, you've got uh, Greg Johnson, you've got pace out wide and, you know, either side of the, the rook makes a big difference. Yeah, it certainly does. I think with Durrell also recently, I've noticed an improvement in his, his game going forward. You know, his kick returns have been good. He's been beating the first man and making a lot of yards as well. And uh, he's a good, honest player, Rob. And he stepped up from the uh, from League One, so he's come up from two leagues. So it's a big step up to Super. It's a massive step up, isn't it? And uh, I think uh, giving a bit more time, he could he could really go places. But like like we've said before, he's he's not he's not a young kid, is he's 26, 27. So, you know, some players, sometimes players are like that, aren't they? they come up to the, the, the top level at a, a later age. But he's doing everything that's been asked of him this season. He's a good, honest lad as well. And uh, I wish him all the best. Uh, I think for me, this this coming Saturday at Toronto, I think this is his, his biggest test so far because he's going to get whacked. There's, there's no two ways about it. He's going to get whacked. I think every player is going to get whacked. And it will show... His progression from earlier on this season, where he was he was going hiding in games after some tough tackles early on. So, we'll see how he goes against Toronto and see if he he's got that bit of a brain now and he'll get involved when he needs to get involved and conserve that energy and hopefully he can do that on Saturday. I suppose that's Ian Watson's job, Paul, really to to sort of nurture the players and and manage them this week, you know, physically and mentally um, ahead of that Toronto clash. You g- got to speak to him after the game against Halifax, and this is what he had to say. Coach's corner. That Ian Watson joins me. Four wins from four games. Yeah. Sixty-two points scored today. Was the three. three. Three from three. Was it three? three? Oh, it's three yeah, from three. three sorry, from three, sorry, yeah. three from three. Getting carried away, aren't we? But oh, no, I was counting the Leeds game as well. Right, four from four. But oh, yeah. The sixty-two points scored is the four points conceded a real pleasing thing for you as well. Yeah, well, we had, we had an attitude as a team to go for them zero to make sure that we we've spoke about and the players have all spoke about, which is the big thing about being professional and being disciplined. And if we're talking about being a top team, then defensively we've got to be very good and back our D. If you've seen the game yesterday, Leeds and Hockey Hard, they can lead to a lot of points. Mm. Big one is teams who can defend in A-roll, the ones who will win kind of games and win competitions as well. So we had um, a target this, that we didn't want to kind of concede. If we conceded one, we didn't concede anything else after that. And um, to be fair, like I said, the boys did that in the end. So the pleasing thing is, yeah, the four, but also a slight bit of disappointment that we didn't get the zero. Halifax made a bright start to the game. They've got a bit of pace. They've done well this season. Were you surprised yeah. at how we put them away? Comfortably, really, in the end. But yeah, yeah, I was in the end. I thought they started the game really well. I thought they kind of controlled our momentum. They were doing what championship sides do by getting very niggly and trying to slow you down. I think some of our guys bought into that at the beginning. But then after we we got to grips of it as players more than anything, is we just then started to stick to our processes and we started getting the results on the back end of it. So yeah, to blow kind of Halifax away at home when they've won ten drawn one and lost one here and then Toronto only got a 14-0 scoreline on them here as well which means mm. that generally they're defensively pretty good at home and they work hard for each other as well so yeah it was um, a bit of a surprise to put that many on them Big away following today as well how much did that lift the players that, that must, yeah. they must have been talking about yeah, that I think that's our best following um, for the season I think it, and, it, and it was loud as well 
uh, and we could hear it. The scenes at the end of the game, they're what, they're what you kind of live for as a player where you've won, you enjoy it, the crowd are all kind of uh, clapping and cheering and it, you, you feel a real part of it and part of the club as well. Um, I'm real pleased obviously for the players that you kind of get to experience that because that's what kind of Salford's fans have always been really kind of passionate about the team and like I say the way we're playing at the moment is kind of credit to the boys as well but it, it spills over into the crowd and then they get that energy from us and we get the energy from them as well and it kind of drives you on to another level Do you sense a momentum building now? Because I know when I spoke yeah. to you about a month ago at Old Kingston Rovers it was, it was really down weren't we? Yeah. we lost by 50 points it just seems a massive transformation you've got yeah. a, riches now in your squad you can afford to pick people yeah. rest people bring people off Yeah I, I, I said it at the time about competition for places and about personnel and the quality of kind of cattle that you have as well and um, I was kind of continually banging that drum and obviously it's, it's a lot easier to say it than it is to see it sometimes but then when you look at what we're doing now and you look at the quality that's involved in the squad now and it's only a couple of players that we've added into there but they're in the right areas in the spine it proves that we was right when we were talking about things like that and we knew that the players we had were good players and we knew we just needed a couple of little things to kind of organise them and structure them the right way and then kind of just follow the processes and, and the players have done that and to be fair to the majority of the players they've done that for the last part of the season and to be fair they've been patient with it as well and we've had to be patient with it as well and so the supporters on the back end of that as well but you can see kind of now of how we play and what we've kind of been building to we were just missing a couple of pieces before and we've got them in place now Jackson Easton's grabbed a lot of the headlines yeah. but Ed Chamberlain He's been very consistent. Yeah. He's you know, he missed a couple of kicks today, but quite a few difficult ones. He adds that injection of pace as well, doesn't he? Yeah. Very good player. I don't think anyone else catches Ben Eaton when he goes down the sideline here. Um, well, maybe Mason Caton Brown might, might have caught somebody like that, but I don't think anybody else would have caught Ben Eaton when he was, he was on the front foot there. And um, Ed kind of did a great um, kind of scramble tackle, if you like, and put him in touch as well. Um, and that's just on the defensive side of things. Going forward in attack, I thought he's been very good for us, and he, you know he can finish because he's quick. They're all offerts as well. Yep. Three tries today. You must be pleased with this progress. I mean, he had a yeah. slow start to the season, stepping up from two leagues below. Yep. But he's coming to his own now, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, this was big when we were talking to Drell about this week as well. Is he's jumped two leagues, so it was important that he showed that he was a kind of this level and beyond at the moment in his development as well. And I think he did that today. I thought he was. He kept it really simple in his game today. He made a couple of errors last week. Made a couple today, but maybe some of them not of his own doing. Um, a little bit of quality of pass. Um, but he's took his try as well and he's done um, the job of what we've asked of him I know we spoke a lot about Jackson Hastings but I know a lot of people say a lot of things about him off the field as well how good he's yeah. been with the fans on I mean I don't yeah, really do Twitter yeah. I'm a bit of a technophobe but I've, I've seen him on there and he, he's very positive yeah. he must be a good guy to have around the club because he seems to have lifted the, the club doesn't he really? yeah no it, Look, he is with us. He is in a, in our group as well. He's enjoying it as well. We're working with him. He's working with us as well, and we're all on the same page. Um, so he fits into our environment at the moment and fits into what we're doing. And we, we want to kind of keep him involved as well. And like I say, he's enjoying it. The biggest thing as a player is sometimes you find a place where you enjoy being, and that's that's really important. That as a player. Um, so hopefully. By him enjoying his football here, by him enjoying playing with the guys here, that hopefully you can see there's um, the next step from him in kind of his public development as well, because he's only a young footballer as well. And like I say, hopefully then he can achieve some of his ambitions with us and then he can kind of kick back to the NRL from there, maybe potentially. I know people saying in the press conference, well, it's a bit of an obvious statement really, other teams will be after him. Yeah. I think they'll have seen the way he's been playing. And like you said there, if, if he can enjoy his time at Salford, that could, could sway him into yeah, staying. I think that's you obviously want to keep him. Yeah, 100%. We, I, well, I've, I've obviously told them I want to keep him. So we've asked um, 
the board start talking to his agent on I that. Suppose as well. the decision that's out of you and the coaching yeah. staff. Well, that's up really, to Bleasy and um, the club now to get that one that deal done really for us. Um, so I know they'll be working kind of hard on that. Um, well, there'll be other clubs, but like I say, we were, we were the ones who did all our work on him and did all our research on him and due diligence, if you like, and then we were the ones who said, you know what, we think he's right for us and we'll bring him in and he'll be a good guy to have in and around this group from all the reports and all the people I spoke to back in Australia. That was what I was getting back as well. There was a lot of just negativity in the press yeah. regards him and obviously other clubs didn't want to take that punt. We took that punt on him and we kind of give him a little bit of a, a lifeline. Um, in kind of coming to just enjoy his football and come and play and hopefully we can keep him here and he can continue to enjoy his football here while he's here Toronto next Saturday is your next mission now in, in the, the eights yep. are you expecting a very physical encounter with Toronto yeah. you, know, you know what you get with Toronto and you know what you get with kind of roles there's quite teams. a lot of ex-Salford players in there yep. it should be a spicy afternoon shouldn't yeah, it well, Castle Brown's one for dead set yep. um, as well so yeah I, I think it'll be, a, it'll be a big game and it'll be something that um, we need to make sure we prep as well as what we've done over the last three weeks and make sure that mentally going into that game we're at our best and that, that'll be key for us after today making sure that we recover well because it's a short turnaround this one as well but the boys know what, what we need to do um, and that's to make sure that we, we put the performance in and get the results at the moment Did you see anything in the Toronto game last night to, to worry because the, the confidence is obviously flowing through your side at the moment Yeah, well this, I mean, there's always threats in any team obviously Toronto had a couple of players not playing tonight um, last night as well um, they started off really strong, they defended well, defending very, very aggressively, especially on your edges as well, so they'll be looking to kind of shut some of our play down as well, so we've got to be smart in the way we attack. Um, they kind of conceded some late tries last night um, against London as well, so that'll be something that they'll look at of why they've conceded them. But I think for us it's about us doing our, making sure our preparation's right and performing to our best and following our processes and if we do that I think we'll be fine Is it a case of one week at a time now Ian? Yeah 100% for us it is yeah we, that's all we spoke about we, we've said look we want, we want to kind of go 7 from 7 but the only way we're going to get 7 from 7 is taking every game as it comes so deal with one game so this week was all about Halifax we've not spoke about Toronto or anybody else we've just focused every week so first week was OKR next week was Witness this week was Halifax now this week going forward we'll start talking about Toronto now and looking into them and making sure that we just play to our strengths Thanks for speaking to me Ian I'll no see you thanks. next week Cheers, Cheers Paul Thanks a lot mate Cheers. Coach's Corner So that was Ian Watson Paul talking to yourself after the game and he, you know he was he was quite happy with the performance He certainly was I think he my impression was he was more pleased about the four that was conceded I know he kept saying he wanted it to be zero but I think you know give Halifax a, a bit of credit they're, they're a good football inside aren't they finished fourth in the championship and I think off my stats, I think they've only lost once at home all season. I think they've won ten games or eleven games at home. So I think they lost one in the league and one in the in the, the qualifiers. Side, aren't they? And as we mentioned before, they've got some good players, they've got some experienced players as well there. So to keep them to four points, I thought was really good, and they had quite a lot of ball, especially in the first half. So uh, yeah, Ian, looking forward to the Toronto game now. I mentioned to him about you know who do you fear in that side, and and there are there are strike players, aren't they, all over the place? And I think we all know what they're going to do, what they're going to bring to the game. I mean, let's not be disrespectful to them, but they do like to play close to the knuckle, as we'll, as we'll talk about later on. But I think we've got the players in our side that, that can combat that. And I think we've got a few players who can dish it out as well. Yeah, he talks about, uh, you know, defending being important, Joe, and, you know, wanting that professional performance. And, and that is what was delivered on, on Saturday. And a lot of fans, Halifax away, were thinking, oh, it's a kind of game that a lot of people are going to big solver contingent on, on, on Sunday and games like that sometimes we don't all turn up but this week we did yeah they kind of brought 
the Salford curse. It's games in the past where we should be going and beating them like we did, and we've been turned over or made hard work of ourselves. And it was a good professional performance historically under Watson. We have been a really, really good defensive team, and the past two or three seasons, our attack's been on our defence, and you don't win games without your defence. So that's all what Watson's about, getting that structure in defence, shaping up and pulling your man across. And he, he does love a good defensive set, Watson. And he's shown this year some, some games we've defended 5-6 on the line and not conceded. And it shows resilience in the heart of the players. And it certainly showed, again, in the first 20 minutes when Halifax were dominating the game for a bit until was it Olfurt that scored first in the corner. And... That's when we kind of got a bit of our roll on and started keeping shape a bit more and got up to the level we were playing at. So he knows what he's doing and he knows how to coach a defensive side. Yeah, he was talking about development, Paul, and you know the likes of Chamberlain and Olferts and even Jackson Hastings uh, talking about their progress in you know being involved in this team. And that's the kind of thing we need. We need these young players coming through and, and finding another level, uh, which is what they've done in this in this uh, playoff uh, section. Just going back to the new signs that you've mentioned, I think Ed Chamberlain's what he's twenty three. Jack Hastings twenty two. The the young kids, aren't they? And like with Hastings, he's he's got a lot of experience, hasn't he, playing in the NRL and I think it'd be wonderful if we could we could get him on a on a on a long term deal. I know his his goal is to play in the NRL. I think if you ask Jackson Hastings and on art, he wants to go over there and prove himself after um, you know things that he's had off the field stuff over there. He's got um, unfinished business, shall we say, in Australia. But if we can get you know, a season or two out of him over here, I think that'd be great because we said before he's a box office player. But looking at our squad now, from a month ago, it's a lot more healthy in it. There's competition for places, and um, no, I think we're looking good, Rob. Yeah, obviously Ian Watson and several players have come out in the press and said how fantastic the atmosphere was and how it kind of helps the energy levels of of of, of the team. And you know, it's the fans, Joe, are an important part of that. Yeah, we massively we the fans. Don't I'm not sure some fans understand what impact they have on the players. And for a number of years, we we take Harrowway support has been better than our home support on a couple of games over the past ten years. And the players enjoy it. It helps the players get through them tough times. And we've always been there through the tough times as well. And the players love it. The players get involved. And I know they even had a poll on Steve McCormack's Twitter that they they didn't know what the right word was for the I see the Salford Reds are rising. So. It's, that was a hot topic on the train back as well from Halifax. So the 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 fans appreciate the players, but the players appreciate the fans a little bit more because they're always there. They're always they'll get on the back, but they'll always be positive about them. It's, it's I see that's right in the ball. I think so. Yeah, I think it's is it not based on the old Creedence Clearwater Revival song, the Bad Moon Rising? I thought it's I see some the players say I say, but it's always I see. Paul Hume said it's I see as well, so. He's historian as well. Yeah, I think TC uh, invented it in 2002 and he said it was uh, IC. Ian Peacock said it was IC as well on Twitter. He was quite a team Cormac. So it's IC for anyone asking. Yeah. <laughs> like 20 years of like mishearing the same song and then one day just like, oh, it's different words. It's funny, Rob, sometimes. You watch games on, on Sky and, or, and you'll go to away games watching Solfing and you'll hear sort of other opposition teams singing songs and I hear stuff and I think what are they singing it's like that song that Hull sing about the, is it about a dog or something the old faithful it's about an old dog in it or something, an old cowboy song you think what, what are they saying you only pick bits of it up don't you and you just sort of hear them chunnering on and you don't really know what this, the words are yeah, I suppose obviously you know because I, I sit in the commentary box and commentate and you know the noise some coming out of this, the Salford end 
you know, especially away from home is, is unreal. For the amount of people in that end, you think, you know, th- there must be more underneath the stand. And obviously, I was I was in the, st- in the stand, you know, a few years, a few years back, and you, I don't think you get to know how loud it is unless you're outside of, of the stand. And, you know, I can say, it's you know, it's fantastic every week, Joe, and uh, it's a pleasure sometimes to actually listen and to watch the game at the same time. Yeah, a couple of games last year, I was in the away games. I was in the home end, got some tickets and sat in some... Very nice seats at the DW. Um, you, you, especially when we won as well, you can hear it and you don't appreciate it when you're there because you think you're loud, but when there's not many Salford fans and you're looking over, you can hear it. And a lot of opposition fans give it us as well that we, we don't take many, but we are loud and we constantly back our team. And that's a good trait for fans to have and supporters to have. And there's not many teams that come to the AJ Bell, Witness being one of them. You didn't hear a peep out of them last game at home, but... We've been to Witness and they've done the same to us, but we'll keep singing till the end and we'll cut the players off. And a lot of Witness fans didn't do that, and a lot of other teams don't do that. I think it's allowed, but also it's the, it's, the, it's the song after song after song after song. A lot of fans in opposition, so they have one big song and then they don't really sing much after that. And, that, and I think that's the difference with all fans. It's, it's like a jukebox, it's just you know, one after another after another, and that, and that can make a, an effect, I think, as well. I think that's passion, Rob. I mean, I think we get some bad press sometimes for, for crowds and that. I mean, if you go going off a proportion of home support, I think the percentage we take away from home is really good. I mean, I, was, I read something the other day from a St. Helens put put on Facebook and we said, oh, Salford never bring anybody. And I think we take a few hundred to St. Helens and same with Wigan and same with other places. And I thought, how many did St. Helens bring to Salford this season? Probably about 200. Same with Leeds. And you look at Leeds, they're getting 16,000 at home. And how many did they take away from home? It's nowhere near the same percentage that we take. So I think, you know, people can slag us off, but we've got some some very, very loyal supporters at our club. So what, what are we doing right that other teams aren't, Joe? That's the that's the big question, Nick. If, we're, if our away support is a bigger percentage of what our home support is, but the other teams aren't, what are we doing right that other teams might want to sort of, like, copy? I'm, I'm not, too, not too sure, to be fair. I think it's... I think for mainly it's me that... For me, a lot of our we have a a small home following compared to other f- support other teams, but the other teams they have big. F- I know we have United, we have City, but a lot of our supporters are mainly just foot rugby league. Their main sport is rugby league, where we Leeds, Leeds United might be playing at home on a Saturday or a Sunday. They'll go watch them, Wigan and Saints, Liverpool. So, I think we have a lot of hardcore fans that will go home and away, where Leeds with a big attendance is. For home, yeah, it's a Friday night. They'll have everyone going, but on the away games, they won't because their main sport is is football. Paul was like the the kid at the back of the class there with his hand. Me, me, me. I know, I know. Go on, Paul. Tell me what we're, what we're doing right and everyone else is doing wrong. I wrote a little piece of the week. I don't know if you read it. It's called the Rugby League Nut, and I think the definition of a rugby league nut is someone who's just dead passionate about the team. Have a read of it. I did, I did read it. Yeah, I did. Well, that that's what I was getting at. You know, these supporters. Uh, that go to watch Hunslet, that go to watch Rochdale Arnett, that go to watch Swinton. If you go to any of them grounds, there might not be 10,000 of them, but there'll always be those ones. They're like anoraks. They follow that team in the past. They love that side. And I think Salford have got, we've got a hardcore, haven't we? I, I don't know how many it is now, but i say we've got 1,500 to 2,000 of these hardcore people who just follow them all over the place. I think you go to the likes of Leeds, Wigan, St. Helens, they've been that sort of spoilt by success and winning trophies and it becomes the norm doesn't it you, you like you, you expect to win things and with Salford it, we've been chasing the dream for that long you know 50 years next year since we've been to Wembley 42 years since we've won a major trophy it becomes like 
you're chasing this impossible dream and I think you have that hunger and that desire. I mean, how much would it mean to solve it? They'd be crying if we got to Wembley. It'd, be, it'd mean so much to you. Whereas if you're Warrington, you've been there that many times, are you really that bothered? No, but I think with us, it's like the only fools and horses thing, you know, when they win the money and it's like, what do we do? They find a watch, don't they, something and get loads of money. And it's like, what do we do now? We've, we've got this dream and we've been chasing it for so long. We've had so much fun on the way chasing it. And I mean, that, I think that sums the Salford support up. You, you're chasing that impossible dream and it's such a great journey. All right, we have a lot of tears on the way, don't we, and letdowns, but you do get these odd days like the million pound game and they'll live with you forever, won't they? And I just hope that we get a few more of them before we're too old to, to sort of get to games. But that's how I look at the sport anyway in the crowd situation. What do you think, Dave? I mean, Joe. <laughs> Dave? Dave? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when... Paul says uh, that Wigan and Warrington are spoiled. I was well, I was crying at this, uh, the quarter final against Wakefield last year when Obi with me came on. Oh, it would have been a wreck at the final. But it, it goes when he said spoil. It kind of reminded me of last season's Challenge Cup Hull versus Wigan, and we sit on the we sat on the first tier last year. We got moved this year due to stand closures and tier closures. Well, that's another topic. Um and. Paul Parkin said to me, and he was one that noticed it first, when the game was gone for Wigan in the last five minutes, they just got up and walked out. Like they, w- they weren't bothered about losing a Challenge Cup final. And on the way out as well, they just looked like they just lost the game away or at home. And they weren't bothered about losing a Challenge Cup final. And me and Parky was just looking at them like, if that was us, I'd still be in the, cr- still be in the stand crying my out. It, it, they've just been spoiled over the years and it was the same with Warren this year as well fans were doing the Mexican wave when they were losing your team's losing a challenge cup final why are you doing a Mexican wave like it's, it's just teams have been spoiled and for me I think that's where the attendance are waste but we're always looking for our next big win and you don't want to miss it with Warren they've been there done that Leeds Warren Wigan we the million pound game yet yeah, semi-final the one I didn't go to. Um, they're they're the, the things we dream of, where they they dream of them. Don't get me wrong, but they're not bothered if they lose. Yeah, I think I think he's spot on. I think he's nailed got nailed that. I think us fans, you support Salford for for the ups and downs, aren't you? And you, you're hanging on for that one big moment, aren't you? Whether it be a, a challenge cut final or a, a Super League Grand Final, or even a, a semi-final of, a, of a, like a Challenge Cup. It becomes a big event in, in your life, doesn't it? And, you know, we haven't, we haven't been blessed with going to, to games, you know, Challenge Cup semi-finals every sort of five or ten years. And there's a, a big sort of group of, of fans that have never experienced, like, a, a, a massive, massive game. Apart from, like, a Challenge Cup semi-final recently, last last year. The one before that was Sheffield. Um, you know, it's, it's games like that, you know, that if you the more you go to them, the more experience you get of them, and then one one day you'll win one, and then and then you win one, and you get to a final. And then it's with a final, it can be any, anything happening in a final, can't it? Especially like the likes of Hull, they they got to the final and froze. Was that against Catalan or Wigan? And they got they got nilled. Was it? Yeah, they got nilled, and they, they they didn't turn up that that day, did they? No, Hull FC a couple of years ago, they got to the yeah, they they were awful, and 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 you know, they felt really let down. But then they got back, didn't they? And they went, went they ended up winning it against Warrington. Yeah, won it twice. So it's it's just I think it's just a matter of we are at a point of a club where this we are on the verge and we've got to get back to, to Yeah. We are due good luck. We are due good luck, like Joe just said. 
Yeah, it's like I'm just going to mention a few. It's this, I'm going to plug some tickets now for uh, for the Leeds game away. It's like Leeds. You go there, and it's like the Holy Grail to win. I, I mean, I'm, we're lucky enough. We were there 2009 when they won there. My dad's in two. He was there in '77, so he's on for his hat trick. I don't know if there's anybody alive who was there in 1959 or one before that. So, what I'd say now, if you're listening, get yourself a ticket when we play him a week on Friday on the 14th, because I've never been this confident that we can go there and get a result. And if we win there. Ian Watson will beat Leeds twice, won't he? And not many coaches can say that. You know, he's been, well three times he's beat him at home twice, hasn't he? And then and then away once. So, yeah, that'd be great. So, uh, so yeah. But I believe in things like that, and it's like like you're saying about the, the magic of the Challenge Cup. Um, just going back, if I can just have a little waffle for a minute. Sorry, mate. Um, the Lance Todd dinner I went to last Tuesday. Um, I listened to a few ex-players talking. Ray Ashby, uh, likes of Lee Breers, Andy Gregory as well it was so good to listen to Andy and, and what he said about the Challenge Cup and about the Lance Todd it, for me it hit the nail on the head it was like he said the Super League's great the Grand Final's great but for, for players the Challenge Cup means everything winning that Lance Todd means everything so he said you can well, he more or less said you can stick your Super League the Challenge Cup's the, the thing and, and for, to hear that from an ex-player I think was, was, was great because I mean I don't know about you guys but when the draw's made you know when it's on the telly I can't watch it me I have to hide behind the couch and then keep popping my head up to see whether we've come out or not because it's so exciting. And I think, yeah, I think as a Salford supporter, I think we've still got that, that hardcore, haven't we, and that, that magic. And perhaps perhaps I'm being dis, doing a disservice to like Leeds and Wigan, but I think teams like have a bit of a bandwagon, don't they? I think that's just the way things go, don't they, when you start getting that success and, you know, when Warrington moves to a new stadium, they've, they've got to Wembley a few times, and you do get a bandwagon that rolls, don't you? And I think we probably would if we had success, wouldn't we? But... I still think it's special being a solve supporter, Rob. <laughs> yeah, when you go with bandwagon, for me, it kind of sparked last year's bandwagon for me. We got a lot, a lot of fans last Not a lot of fans, but we got more. Our attendances went up a bit when we were winning games. And obviously winning games brings people in, don't get me wrong. Winning four, three on the bounce brought the mentality facts. And where are them fans from last year when we were winning? Was it 10 on the bounce we won last year? Where are them, where are them fans now? When the club need her. Like, that's the, that's my bandwagon. People, the thing is, old Joe, people start believing, don't they? And that and that's, a lot of soul fans, kind of like, who are outside our, outside the active bubble, we'll call it, kind of like, see our results on BBC and, and Granada tonight, and at Salford play, Salford lost to whoever, and they think, oh, Salford rubbish again. And then, but last few weeks, Salford have won. Oh, they beat, you know, uh, Halifax, and they've beat... Um, Leeds and you know they're listening to that and they're thinking they beat Leeds have they oh it might, might, might be worth popping down now and I think I'm talking it's just about these fans don't don't turn up every week and it's just a matter of winning games so it gets the message to the people outside our bubble that we've got a good team and I'm, I'm hoping that this is a, a route back to the to the Super 8s yeah and the, it, it kind of goes for a loop your team's winning that's where the club marketing side need to market the game better for the club and in the city and outside the city as well if you're winning games market it right more people come and more people stay if they see your marketing it right yeah I say it's about you know reaching out Paul and that, and that's what and that's what to be fair the club have last, last you know this week so far you know that they are trying um, and hopefully it's a sign that this is the way they're going to go I hope so, Rob. Yeah, we've had so many false dawns, haven't we, over the, the time I've watched them, time you've watched them, and we've just got to we've just got to go for it, haven't we? Because 
this this day and age now where money sort of dictates everything, doesn't it? And you know the the club has been in in financial sort of difficulties. I mean, there's, there's clubs are a lot worse off than us, aren't they? As well that you've got to think of. So, so yeah, it, the marketing's got to be got to be right. And I think now's the perfect time. You, you're on it. We're on a bit of a roll, aren't we? We've won four games on the the trot. It's four here, not three. So, so, uh, so yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I think that it's like strike while the iron's hot now, isn't it? Especially we've mentioned it loads tonight, haven't we? About the Jackson Hastings influence. You have got a, a guy there who's box office now, and let's let's get posters of him. Let's get him on t-shirts and mugs and this, that, and the other. And I know the red apparel guys are, are doing that, aren't they? Doing a great job with things like that. So, the more we can market this now and, and tell people about it, the better. Yeah, Joe. It's, it's, I think it's, it's just you just need a route back to that super eights and and getting in there. You know, week in, you know, year in, year out. For, for me, it's kind of a, a three or five year process of, of being in that that top eight because people think, oh, they're, you know, like last time we were in the playoffs in two thousand and two thousand and six, and the one before that, uh, we finished in the top six and then dropped down, and got relegated. You know, what I mean, it's kind of like that kind of like, oh, one good season, they'll drop off next year, they'll drop off, and that's what people outside the bubble think. So obviously, this year we're in, we're, we are where we are, but next year, bit of investment to Ian Watson's squad keep who you need to keep we get in that top 8 and then have 2 or 3 years of top 8-ness people will come yeah you hit the nail on the head there's nothing else that's how you get fans in by being consistent week in week out month out month out season out so for me that's you're not wrong there that's how you get them in and I think we do need a consistency because like you said last year we finished in the playoffs Come off 2008, 2006, finished sixth on 20 something points, wasn't it? Fifth, 20 something points, and we actually lost more games than we won that year and still finished in the playoffs. And year after we got relegated, so hopefully next year we can go in the four, four and stick there. To be honest, though, this year obviously circumstances have dictated the situation we're in, but we still dropped off ball. It's still the same process of one good season, one bad season. But there's reasons for that sometimes, Rob. You've got to keep that infrastructure going, haven't you? You don't know when you sell your best players, does it? I mean, Ben Bird at Masilla went, he didn't replace Michael Dobson, he flogged Gareth O'Brien a couple of games into the season. So you, there's a million reasons to why that was done. And we, we could talk all week about that, couldn't we, about finances and this, that and the other. But you, if you if you give Ian Watson the tools to do the job, I think, he can, I think he's capable, and he proved last season he's capable of doing a job. And don't forget, we had a bit of bad luck as well, Manu Vatavai, you know, big blockbusting winger doesn't play a game does he because he gets injured you lose Chris Brining your key hooker who was fantastic last season for us so we've had a lot of bad luck this season as well and and things like that that, that have um, sort of hindered us so um, so yeah if you're going to be consistent you've got to you know get that sort of groundwork in place as well haven't you yeah let's get back to Halifax because we've been talking about stuff for like 20 minutes <laughs> uh, big thanks for your, your three word match reports and man of the matches uh, Chris and Janet Shenton uh, their man of the match with Jackson Hastings keep on going uh, Graham Jones top professional performance uh, his man of the match with well the team and the fans uh, Colin Reynolds uh, super stylish Salford his man of the match was uh, Jackson Hastings you like that don't you Paul that, that should have been my headline for the match report and uh, that's a good one that. I'm going to keep I'm going to keep my eye on that one <laughs> Stephen, uh, Robert Lewis, he said, bring on Toronto. Uh, Richard Monton, too strong, just too strong. His man of the match was Rob Lewis. And finally, Rob Ella, Ella, Ellaby. Roy Ellaby, sorry. Uh, top of the pile. Uh, and his man of the match was uh, Rob Lewis. Top of the pile, Paul. Two points clear. You know, it's, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be where I thought it would be at this time of the, uh, the super middle eights. 
No, I think it's been an excellent start. And just watching the games at the weekend, Leeds and Old Kingston Rovers, that was a, a cracking match too. Very sort of dodgy defences, but it was a great game. And in, in a way, it was a good result for us, Leeds dropping points. If you look at the fixtures this weekend, now Leeds have got a massive game away at Widnes. What a, what a result that would be if Widnes could could knock them off on that, that, that high pitch that they've got there where anything can really happen. So we've we've done the hard work. We've we've, we've beaten Hulkingston Rovers away from home. We've beaten Widnes, who are a decent side. And we've knocked Halifax off. So we, we now face uh, three championship sides and, and Leeds away. So we, we've done the groundwork. And if we can topple Toronto on Saturday, I think we're sort of halfway there then. Oh, perhaps we're halfway there now, I'm not too sure. I'm not one of these people who says, oh, we need 10 points, we need 12 points. Just win as many games as we can. Let's go and win these seven games and you know, really finish the season off in style. Yeah, looking at the stats, Joe, um, you know, we, we talk about players getting over 100 metres you know, every week. And this week, we've got a few. One, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, Devil Olferts, Junior Sow, Ed Chamberlain, Chris Wellham, uh, Rob Lewis. Obviously, it was Halifax, but still, no Daniel Murray. Tyrone McCarthy, uh, Luke Burgess, Lamatazet, you know, big meters made by everybody, really. Yeah, it shows it was all, uh, another professional performance. Everyone was getting in on the act, and it's shown that we're playing a professional game, and we're just, we knew what we needed to do. I don't think Luke Burgess got over 100, well, I don't think he's got over 60 meters in a game all year, so nice to see him back in improving himself to the fans as well, because he's getting a lot of stick this year, Burgess. That, He's not living up to his name, and it, it seems like he was. He didn't miss. He missed two tackles, did twenty two in his short minute. So it's it's good to see a lot of players. What's that? Josh Jones on ninety one, Matt Flanagan on thirty four. But that shows what his game is. That he's not a driver. He's a he's a plus one for me, and as well that Joey Lussett's making a minimum twelve meters per drive. I know he made a couple of breaks as well. For me, that that's what your hooker should be doing. And I know he lost half. Ben Nakamura, I think he went off with a head knock. Was it a shoulder? I know he didn't come back on, so he's going to be a big miss. But hopefully, Cobjack can come in, Ali Mossop can come back, and we'll get the hopefully get the same meters next week. Taking into consideration Joe's form, you got to put Luke Burgess Attrick on the betting slip on uh, Saturday. What do you think after that? It was nice to see Luke Burgess back out there because he's he's had a, quite a few injuries, hasn't he, this season? Problems with his with, with his knee and, and this that and the other. But just going back to to players there, Joey Lusick, how good did he look? You know, he looks really nippy at half, at the dummy half, and got a bit of pace there as well as a young kid. I think he could be a really good signing. Um, and players coming back in, I know if we've lost Ben Nakabuai, you've got Lee Moss up there to come back in, you've got Craig Copjet to come back in, Ryan Lannan, who I thought was very unlucky to miss out against Halifax, who's been playing really well the last few weeks. So we we have got players to call back on now. Um, whereas a few weeks ago we didn't. Yeah. So that's our review of the game against Halifax. And next up on the Devil in Detail, we're going to look at our amateur sides with Paul Whiteside in his amateur report. Well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail amateur report. I'm going to mix it up a bit this week because it's, it's quite a packed one this week. And all the last few weeks we've been saying there's not been a lot to, to bring you with the cup final break and things like that. But this week we have got an, an action-packed amateur report. We'll start off with the North West Men's League though because it's a big congratulations to West Orton Lions. We'll come to that in a minute. I'll just give you the results from the weekend. In Division 2 it was Berry Broncos 18, Manchester Rangers 14, Charlie Panthers 20, Oldham St Anne's 34. In Division 3 
Langbury Reds 22, West Horton Lions 28. So West Horton Lions are promoted. They'll be going up to Division 2. Two successive back-to-back promotions for the West Horton Lions. So congratulations to everybody involved with the club. And uh, we hope you enjoy the rest of the season and, uh, and best of luck next year. In Division 4... Saddleworth Rangers A, 52, Blackpool Scorpions 12, Wigan Springview 52, Caddy's Head Rhinos 18, Division 5, Bolton Met 16, Wigan Springview A, 42, Higginshaw 30, Littleborough 18. And the fixtures for this Saturday, the 8th of September, it's Folly Lane against Ashton Bears in the Premier Division. Division 1, Wigan St. Patrick's A are at home to Rochdale Mayfield A. Division 2, Charlie Panthers against Berry Broncos. Ulverston against Oldham St Anne's A and Wigan St Jude's A against Manchester Rangers. In Division 3 it's Crossfields A against Langwithy Reds. West Horton Lions are at home to Rochdale Cobras. Division 4 Clockface Miners A play Caddy's Head Rhinos. Saddleworth Rangers A are at home to Oral St James. And finally in Division 5 New Spring Lions are at home to Higginshaw. Bolton Mets are at home to Thato Heath. Crusaders B and Littleborough are at home to the Ryland Sharks. Moving on to Student Rugby League, the Student Rugby League will again be headed by Premier North and Premier South Divisions when the competition gets underway in early October. We've got the league lineups for you in the Northern Division, that's where Manchester University will be, Manchester Met University. They're paired with Northumbria A, Edgehill, Leeds Beckett A, Salford and Durham, so Salford and Manchester in the same division there. The Tier 2 competition, Northern 2A, is Liverpool Saint, sorry, Liverpool John Moores, Manchester Uclan, Liverpool, Bangor, Lancaster, Chester and Warrington, Chester Stroke, Warrington and Bolton are all in that league as well. So the Premier North and Premier South sides will launch their campaigns on Wednesday the 3rd of October. Tier 1 and Tier 2 teams kick off seven days later. College Rugby League, Salford Red Devils Foundation are in the Premier Division. Their campaign gets on the way on the 26th of September, that's a Wednesday. And they're in the Premier Division with New College Prontifract, Wakefield, Huddersfield Giants Foundation, Hopwood Hall, Furness... Warrington Wolves Priestley College and Halifax Elite Academy so that should be a fantastic competition in the, the North West Division 2 Salford Red Devils Foundation uh, with Carmel Wynn Stanley St John Rigby Wigan and Lee and Riverside College Cronton well, there was an under-16s international on Saturday. That was Wales 4, England 26 at Stephen Heath Park on Saturday. So congratulations there to England under-16s. Moving on to the North West Conference League. <coughs> Excuse me, losing my voice. On Saturday, 1st of September, Rochdale Mayfield went to Normanton Knights. They went down by 38 points to 24 in the Premier Division. Moving on to Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers got a good result. They beat Hull Dockers at home by 32 points to 22. And in Division 3, Waterhead Warriors went down 22-28 at home to Eastmoor Dragons. Oldham St. Anne's were beaten at home 32-18 against Barrow Island. <coughs> the fixtures for... This coming Saturday, the 8th of September, in the Premier Division is Rochdale Mayfield against Underbank Rangers. Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers at home to Crossfield. Division 3, it's Wollstone Rovers against Oldham St. Anne's. Well, there's some fixtures to tell you about in the North West Youth League coming up this weekend. On Sunday, the 9th of September, in the Under-18s Premier Division, it's Waterhead against Shevington. In Division 2 of the Under-18s, it's Charlie Panthers against Saddleworth Rangers. In the Under-16s Shield Cup Final... On Sunday, it's Waterhead against Wigan St. Pat's. In the under-16s, Division 1, Barrow Island play Folly Lane. Oldham St. Anne's play the Wollstone Goals. Division 2 of the under-16s, Saddleworth play Thato Heath. And in Division 3 of the under-16s, Salford City Roosters are at home to Rochdale. Well, the final bit of amateur news this week on the show is the Origin weekend that was just passed last weekend. It was played at Halliwell Jones in Warrington. 
that was between the Lancashire women and the Yorkshire women. Lancashire came up with a result. They won by 16 points to 10. And in the men's, well, it's always, um, always a big game on the England Academy selections on the line. And it was this Sunday. And Lancashire men beat Yorkshire by 36 points to 6. So uh, two good results there for Lancashire. And uh, congratulations to everybody involved. That's all I've got for you this week on the Amateur Report. I shall see you at Salford on Saturday for Salford against Toronto. So that was Paul Whiteside, I'm a report talking about our all our amateur sides and next up on the Devil in Detail, let's look forward to the Toronto game on Saturday. It's time on the Devil in So, it's over a Devils take on Toronto on Saturday at the AJ Bell Stadium. Three o'clock kickoff on Sky. Paul, massive game for Salford. Win this, and the finishing line is in sight. It certainly is. You need your tin out, won't you, on, uh, on Saturday? Crash helmets. Uh, but yeah, seriously, I think it's going to be a tough game. You know what you're going to get with Toronto. I watched their game against London Broncos at, at the weekend, and I could pick a few faults in them. I thought London, you know, came back at them in the second half. They clocked off a bit. I think there's we've got opportunities there. I think with our defence at the moment as well, I think they're going to find it difficult to score points against us. But they have got some pace. You know, Matty Russell, Mason Caton Brown, they've got some decent players in that side. They've got a good pair of half packs in, in Josh McCrone and, and Blake Wallace. I mean, it just shows Ryan Briley struggled to get in their side, hasn't he? And he's a, he's a quality player. And they've got quite a few ex sulfur players in, in the team as well. That's always going to add an extra bit of spice. Yeah, they talk about uh, Toronto's physicalness, uh, Joe. Uh, referee is Jay. Oh no, sorry. Referee is Robert Hicks uh, this week. Big game for him because obviously Toronto love to mix it. And to be honest, we've got some players there who will stand up for themselves and and give as good as they get. Yeah, I think Lamatazi being the main one for me. <laughs> Lamatazi, he's not one to shy from a bit of a late tackle. But with Hicks as well, he's coming off a Challenge Cup final. He, he didn't get that merit. He, he got that on his good performances. And for me, he's up there as one of the best referees. And he'll, he's been given Toronto for a reason, I think, this week. Against Super League to the side. And he'll keep him in check. He's not scared of a yellow or red card. And I'm sure Roll is used to red cards this season. Well, he's 10 years manager of Toronto and Lee. But for me, I think... Toronto last on Saturday night against against a lot of part-time teams and they're not getting tired and when they're playing a bit when they're playing against bigger sides and fitter sides that's when they get found out they got found out against London when they're playing against other full-time teams that they get tired late on because they're not used to playing 80 minutes at 100% so I think that's where we'll get them on our fitness and our defensive work again like Watson said yeah, it's going to be a brothers at war as well uh, with Darcy and, and Joey Lusick, um, you know, facing off against each other. That's going to be an interesting battle. Yeah, we've just said that, like the the Gareth O'Brien thing. Gareth O'Brien's coming back, so that's going to be a, you know a spicy thing. You've got uh, Adam Sidlow, Andrew Dixon, Jake Emmett, who've all played at Salford. Corey Patterson, I think I think Corey's injured at the moment, and he he wasn't in the squad at weekend. And then you've got Darcy Lusick there. So that, that's just another sort of ingredient, isn't it, going into uh, and Mason Caton Brown as well, yeah. Olsi Krasniki, yeah, there's there's loads. I made a big list of them there. Uh, yeah, there's loads. So that's all going to be added to it. And like you said, 
Toronto are physical, but you know we, we've got some some guys in there who can mix it, like you said there with, with Lama Taz. We're not behind the door, are we? So um, you know it's a game of rugby league at the end of the day. We're not playing tiddlywinks, are we? So I'm expecting a physical game. But as Joe says, I think our our fitness and our ability to score points now. If you'd have asked me a month ago, I'd say this is going to be a tough game. This against Toronto, and it's still going to be a tough game. But I'm a lot more confident now the way we're scoring points. Yeah, we talk about fitness. It's Greg Brown is is the conditioner. He's he's probably put a lot of hard work in, uh, you know, to the to the players throughout the season. You know, the back end of this season shows you know what he did early on in the season to get the players where they are now. The players are looking really good, Rob. I thought they looked really good against Halifax. They've looked good in all of the three games, particularly the Hawkinson Rovers away game. It was a very sort of draining sort of game that heavy pitch as well it chucked it down there didn't it heavy conditions and you know we the conditioning that, he, that Greg's put into the side and all the coaching staff you know Gleeson Willie Poaching I think they've done an excellent job this season um, and we don't look a tired outfit do we, we, we we're fresh and I think they're the bringing in the signings bringing in the Chamberlain Greg Burke Joey Lusick and Jackson Ace I think that's freshened the side up as well plus we've had the, the players returning from injuries as well that's a nine levels who've been out for a while so I think that's really freshened the team up and that's what we wanted yeah, going back to Greg uh, Brown, I think the main one for me is Greg Burke. I know he's apparently he was injured for three weeks, but he's come back looking trimming and he's coming back and looking trim and fit. And I think that's credit to Greg, well, both Gregs, that he's come back and he looked extremely fit on Sunday. And he showed that doing big minutes at 13. And he's like a new player again. And for me, he's, with Chamberlain as well, he's, he's improved the team because he's bringing. He's given Flanagan a rest and he's got that ability to be that 13 and also be the aggressive enforcer. So, for me, I think Greg Bowne is one of the main attributes we have at the club and he, he does whirlwinds what he does with the club. Yeah, I think it's, it's just about peaking at the right time, both physically and, and mentally. And for me, you know, we have done the last sort of four four or five weeks. We've, 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 you know, we've suddenly found an extra gear, which was, you know, really, really important. A lot of people were writing us off, weren't they, Rob? Before we went into the uh, into the into the qualifiers, and I think we proved a lot of people wrong. We, like you said, we seem to have hit form at the right time, and the belief and the confidence is there. How many times have we said it to you, Rob? Where does confidence <laughs> go? Where's it come? I thought you were going to say it from me now, but but yeah, but it's, it's I think it's true. I think it, it's true in all sports, isn't it? Football, cricket, rugby union, you name it. It's true, and once you get on that 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 belief, and you, it's between the ears, isn't it? And, and we've got that at the moment now, and. It, once you get a roll, and I think you take a bit of stopping, don't you? And those players now, to me, they want to win seven out of seven, don't they? They want to, you don't get a trophy finishing top of this qualifiers, but I think there's pride at stake there now. I think they want to finish top of that and uh, you know drop a big team in that million pound game. Yeah, we, sh- we should start like a devil in the detail bingo card, <laughs> where you where you say where does confidence come from? Where does it go? I'll have uh, getting outside the bubble. Uh, what about you, Joe? What would you what would you want on this uh, devil in the detail? bingo card for people to, to tick off with me saying consistency that's my big one consistency yeah, yeah. yeah the end up with game management <laughs> but yeah it, it, you know it's, it's good obviously and you're hoping that the boys will uh, you know follow the same uh, process of last week and just see the game through and, and win the game I think it's important we, we stay with 13 men we don't lose a man because that would be you know pretty bad in the situation we're in yeah, I think looking at the game on Saturday, it's one of those games. If you do get dragged into to that like arm wrestle like we did last year, we were just in kind of getting sent off, and I think we won twenty nine twenty two in the end, and it was a, it was a tight game. To me, that's one of those games where your game plan sort of goes out of the window, and you just want to get through the eighty minutes and get the result, don't you? And if you remember back to when we played Lee at home, I was, I was I've done a bit of a write up this week, and we played Lee at home in the qualifiers two thousand and three, the qualifying game to get to the grand final. Paul Rowley got sent off, 
very nice shot. And I think it was Ricky Bybee who got sent off. And I think we won the game 26-18, my memory serves me right. But that was one of those games where we was a miles better side, but because we got dragged that in and there was, there was head chopping going on, Gavin Clinch was taken out, Cliff Beverly was taken out. I think Kyle Harrison just said to the lads, forget winning by so many points, let's just win the game. And sometimes you, you've got that's got to go out of the window, and it you know looking good and doing this that, and the other. When you get dragged into that arm wrestle, you just want to get the result. And I think that could come into play on Saturday. We might not win by twenty or thirty points, just get the win. Talk about predictions, Paul. Let's let's do it now. Um, I ain't gonna blow my own trumpet, but I was pretty close again this week. You you know you you call me out week after week about <laughs> about mad predictions, but last couple of weeks I've 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 been pretty close. Well, close than you anyway. What did you say last week? I was. Is it sixty? Is it sixty points to six? I think I was close. I was, I was closer than you, though. What did I say? Thirty-two, twelve. I think I said. I was close. Well, I, I was thinking to myself, it's you know, it's, it's ticking over, but unfortunately, no chicken for me. This. You know me, Rob. I'm very cautious. <laughs> I'm really cautious. But I've just wrote me a prediction down for this week. I'm going to go thirty points to sixteen to Salford. Thirty points to sixteen, Joes. Up off his chair saying, Oh, that was mine, Joe. You got 10 seconds to think. Can't we? Then he can uh, get a whole chicken for us both <laughs> this year. So, Joe, you got, th- you, got te- you got 10 seconds to think about it while I, t- I tell you mine. Um, I'm going for a, a big Salford win. I'm going for Salford 40, Toronto 4, no 10. It's four, 40 points to 10. I've got a feeling we're going to go in the first 20 minutes, meet fire with fire, and blow them out of water. 32-14. Gaz O'Brien to get... F- what would that be? Miss or... No. Gaz O'Brien to miss... One. Gaz O'Brien to miss kicks and win us the game. 14-32, did I say? 14-32, I'll go for. 14-32-14, Salford win. So, that's the end of this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. Another great show, Paul. Really enjoyed it, mate. Really enjoyed it. Can't wait for Saturday. Get yourself down then if you can. It's going to be a great afternoon. And uh, Saturday afternoon as well, lads. Can't beat a Saturday afternoon. One more thing before before we go. I'm just. I'm not going to have a rant, but how good was Sunday? Playing on a Sunday afternoon, the atmosphere. Yeah. Much better than a Friday night or Thursday night. So if you're listening, Sky, don't keep putting Thursday night, Friday night games on. I think Sunday is the way to go. I know a lot of amateur lads play, but I think Sunday afternoon especially for home games, if you can get the amateur lads done early in the morning, Sundays is the way to go. Sunday's the way to go, but Sky love to have uh, football on a Sunday. And we get the money off Sky, I suppose, don't we? So you can't have it always, can you? But I do like Sundays and Saturdays. Yeah, Sunday. I think it's a good having a having a Saturday and a Sunday, but who, who, if the Piper plays the tune, you've got to do the dance, Joe. Yeah, you certainly do. I know with the, uh, what's it called, Ralph Rimmer has said that he's going to look at other options instead of Sky, not go for the easy options, so... Hopefully that'll create more avenues and get two broadcasters and get that Saturday tea time game or something like Because Thursday nights, they don't work for anyone. I don't think any fan likes a Thursday night game. I think it's witness every Thursday night game they've had has always been on at home as well. They've never had to travel on for so I think they're the only one maybe. So Thursday nights never I know it's free travel and they put that on, but for me it doesn't work. Yeah. Change it. Been great, Joe, another great show from you. Yeah, it's been good good to be back. I know Paul Parkin is I've took his share this week and I'm better than him anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> so big thanks for tuning in to this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.
seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Live. Radio Contact.